Next up, Aaron Newton relates an improbable tale about his grandfather and grandmother. This story bends the very laws of time and space. Mr. DJ, take us back, way back to 1943. When my grandfather was in World War II, he was a lieutenant colonel in the army and uh, was in the European theater. And on one occasion, um, he was ordered to go take the top of a hill. Very top of the hill was an anti-aircraft gun. And so in a very rapid succession of moments, the German soldier in the anti-aircraft emplacement started to turn the gun towards my grandfather. My grandfather reached for his service weapon, well, it was a Colt 45, it was a pistol. And as he was reaching for that, the anti-aircraft gun shot first and hit him and spun him around. And when it hit his hand, his instinct was to clasp his other hand across the one that was wounded and cover the wound. And he tucked it into his chest, into his stomach, and passed out and fell face first into the undergrowth of the forest. Cut to my grandmother. She lived in the farmhouse that was built, you know, like 200 years ago. And she woke up in the middle of the night and just sat up at bolt upright in bed and said, Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you. And then she got out of bed and she went over to her writing desk and she wrote a letter to my grandfather. Dear Jack. And she signed it and put it in an envelope, put a stamp on it. The next morning she mailed it off to the war. Germany is now beaten, completely and thoroughly beaten. My grandfather, he wakes up in a hospital. They sewed his pinky almost into his wrist, so his hand's almost at a right angle. And they actually managed to kind of rebuild his hand. And then they shipped him off to England. So a couple weeks go by and he manages to kind of get a, plane, a, a seat on a plane without... He doesn't have any papers that say he's even supposed to be on the plane. And he ends up in New York. He gets there, you know, no one knows what to do with him. And he, he manages to kind of uh, pester enough people to where they finally just put him on a plane, a C-130. And he's the cargo. That he's the only thing on the plane other than the pilot and the co-pilot. After a couple of hours, my grandfather is just, you know, talking and looking out the window. And he recognizes some landmark. And he, he says, you know, you're going to fly over my house. Give me your parachute. You know, he's arguing with the pilot and the co-pilot, neither of which want to give up their parachutes. And, and he says, like, look, I have been over there in the war for the last two or three years. I want to see my wife. I want to see my children. Give me your parachute. And he manages to convince them. Meanwhile, the guy at the Air Force Base who's talking to the pilot says, hey, does this guy have a phone? And my grandfather says, yeah, we, we do have a phone. Uh, we don't have indoor plumbing yet, but we do have a phone. So the guy at the Air Force Base says, well, I could call her. Uh, and I could hold things together, the receivers and the radio together in such a way where you could hear her, but she won't be able to hear you. I'll have to relay whatever you say to her. Cut to my grandmother. She is sitting in the outhouse, cut into kind of a cul-de-sac in a cornfield. And out on the horizon, she sees a C-130, which is not uncommon even today. There's still kind of a traffic lane there of those types of planes. But this one turns, and immediately she's, she knows what's happening. And she's, she jumps up and hikes up her britches and is doing jumping jacks in the middle of this cornfield yelling, no, 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 no. So my grandmother hears the phone ring and goes running into the house, picks up the phone, and she just screams, tell him not to jump. And everybody freezes. She doesn't know that he's been injured. She doesn't know that he's on that plane, that he's on his way home. She's had no contact with him. No. Like, she has no knowledge that he's on his way. And my grandfather's got one leg and one arm in the parachute. 
he's you know he's he freezes from putting on the parachute the pilot and everybody freezes and then she says again tell him not to jump he'll break his leg and so she convinces him he doesn't jump and they have this conversation over the air through the radio guy at the air force base and he goes on to andrew's air force base and they put him through psych to make sure he's not shell shocked and everything and he gets home like a month later and he gets up one morning and he goes to the mailbox and he opens the mailbox and takes out this letter and it's stamped london paris the front lines of the war then back to Paris, then back to London, then to New York, then to Andrews Air Force Base, and then back to the house. When it arrives at the house, in my grandfather's hands, he opens the letter, and it's the letter from my grandmother. Dear Jack. Which was signed and dated like she always did, but she also put the time, which she never did. And the time, when they later sat down and figured out the difference, she wrote that letter within minutes of my grandfather being shot. And the letter reads... Dear Jack, you've been hurt, but you're okay. But they're going to send you home this time. When you do, you're going to fly over the house. Don't jump out. You'll break your leg. You're telling me that your grandmother had magic powers. I, she would have said that she spoke to God. You're to telling me that your grandmother spoke to the Lord. <laughs> what I would say is that I believe my grandmother. Snap Judgment just jumped out of an airplane in 1943. 